Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, and our second part of our countdown of 10 of our favorite things or moments in pop culture and fandom. Um, I am going to be joined by the exact same panel, Um, but before we get into that, of course, just a quick housekeeping note that we are accepting listener support now for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. If you want to help us out and then also help out one Black Lives Matter organization per month, please click on the link in the show notes or go to our anchor page and click on listener support there. And again, um, we are hoping, 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 hoping in the first week of January to have our Red Bubble merchandise store launched. And so there you can get bumper stickers, pins, hopefully shirts at some point, sweatshirts, that kind of stuff, tote bags, even a pillow with our new logo. Because we're also going to have a brand new logo premiered then, there. And once again, it's going to be 50-50-50 to the show and 50 to one Black Lives Matter organization for that. So that will be exciting. Okay, so we're now going to um, finish up our top 10, and we're going to start with number seven. Shoot to you, Carla. Kind of picking up where you left off, because uh, my number seven is Leia Remini's Scientology and the Aftermath uh, docuseries. And I started watching it. I, I had always been interested in in the topic, just because I've heard so much about Scientology, but never really got into learning much about it. Um, and I, when I, when I look at, you know, religious anything, I try to approach it in a very neutral way just to, you know, first get a history of it and then understand what the beliefs are and everything. And I had kind of done that, but many, many years ago. So when I started watching the special and it tells you what they're told, to believe and all of these uh, these things that, that are couched in a faith but are actually just a cult and it's manipulative and it's very dangerous and very toxic it, it's really scary because like you said about the Heaven's Gate people, these are people who are not necessarily not bright you can be perfectly bright and smart and everything and still fall prey to a cult. It preys on people who want something to believe in, who want some kind of community to belong to. And it's really very frustrating and sad to see so many people go through this and bring their kids into it and then not be able to get out or to have lives apart from this. Because the moment that they express doubt or that they want to uh, separate from the church, they are labeled 
as bad people. They're, they are um, basically excommunicated from this very tight circle of people and their families can't speak to them anymore. That's one of the reasons that people stay is that they don't want their families to stop uh, speaking to them or interacting with them. And that's really profoundly sad. And it's not to say that more mainstream or accepted religions don't do this to some degree, but it's also, I think, easier to leave those religions than it is to leave this particular cult. So it was really interesting to to watch the testimonials from people who have lived in it, people who had who were raised in it, people who came into it and then weren't able to really leave. And it, it's just it's it's frightening the level of sophistication and um, terror that they employ to keep people in Scientology. And for me, I mean, I live just a few hours from, from Clearwater. So it's, it's, you know, it's like not that far from me, this center of all things Scientology. And it's, it's just really creepy, but it was very interesting. Yeah. Scientology is one of those that fascinates me, I think more than any other cult because they are a cult. Um, They're very rich. They're very powerful. A lot of the reason they're so powerful is because they have so many celebrities that are involved in Scientology and a lot of the celebrities, certain ones aren't, but a lot of celebrities don't know a lot of the other stuff that goes on with the people that work in like the sea orgs and all this stuff and work for like 20 cents an hour or some, some ridiculous right. amount like that. They're basically, they're just, they're worked 24 hours a day. They have to live in horrible conditions. Um, Scientology, of course, doesn't, they believe psychiatrists and anything in psychiatry is evil. Um, and so that's always why it's always fascinated me too. And I used to live a few minutes away from one of their centers and I used to always want to go in there just to see, just to get one of those e-readings because I'm one of those people I want to talk to these people. I want to actually sit down. Um, but yeah, they, they, um, they're one of those that I read everything about them, see everything about them. You should really see the documentary going clear on HBO. I'll check that um, out. Because it talks all about the history of it, how it all came about, delves really deep into that, talks about, you know, why they went after celebrities, um, and talks a lot about people who are kind of trapped in there, even the celebrity side. Like, they talk a lot about John Travolta in that way. And Tom Cruise is the exact opposite. Like, right. people are like, he knows exactly what's going on. Um, yeah, they're very, very terrifying. And it's terrifying to me that they, you know, they got recognized as a legitimate religion. And Right. But they did it using just, those uh, same tactics. That, that's yes, one of the things exactly. that, the, that the docuseries goes into is that they basically bullied FBI people into giving them that status because they were doxing them, you know, back before we have, before the modern type of doxing, which was like, they they really went hard after just the employees to the point where they couldn't live their lives normally because they were just being constantly harassed by these uh, Sea Org people for Scientology. And they were left with basically no recourse other than to just give in and be like, fine, here's what you got. You're getting what you want and let me live my life. But it's terrifying. And the fact that, that they're being allowed that is just, it, it's so scary. Yeah. And I mean, you have people like Danny Masterson, who trigger warning is a horrible, horrible, awful rapist. 
and he's a Scientologist. And I think a lot of the reason for years he was able to get away with what he did is because of Scientology. I mean, they right. protect their own. And like I said, they have billions of dollars. I mean, they don't just have millions. They have billions They are loaded of with money and they have zero scruples. And that's how they can get away with so much. Exactly. Exactly. It's absolutely terrifying to me. It always breaks my heart when I see an actor that I love and I learn they're a Scientologist. It's like, seriously? Ugh. And they have a lot of issues also with, with homophobia and, and other stuff, too. They're just, I mean, just, yeah. Sorry, we're not, because we won't spend the whole time talking about <laughs> Sorry. We'll do a whole episode sometime about Scientology and celebrity mm-hmm. and then cults and stuff. So, um, and Aaron? How do I follow that? That was a lot, <laughs> guys, a lot. Um, okay. Yes. So now, Aaron, what are what are you going to say? <laughs> Let me get something happy from my list. (laughs) What? Um, Okay. One thing that did make me very happy was a show um, called Staged with David Tennant and Michael Sheen. And it's all set in like this current time. And it's all through, I don't know, Zoom, Skype, whatever, of just them playing like a variation of themselves um, and chatting and um, doing ridiculous things. And I love both of them so much. And it's so great um, to just kind of see like a silliness um, that those two are so good at. And I don't know, it was just really, really sweet. And I think last week it was announced that they're going to be doing another season very shortly. So that was um, pretty exciting too. I've never heard of this one, so I'll have to it's look for it. So good. I don't remember what streaming service it's on. I don't know if you guys know. Maybe Hulu. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I'll have to look for that. It's really great. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. And and Meg. Um, yeah, I I'm thinking. Okay, so something I really enjoyed this year that was not about cults or murder. Um <laughs> good luck because believe it or not i really do love those documentaries and stuff like that too like they're my jam um i gotta say so on hulu there was a show called normal people and i thought that was really really good um it just it's a take it's basically about two people in ireland and kind of their relationship and how it grows and changes over course of i want to say five-ish years um and it's just it's really good and i like it and yeah i don't have anything to say after the conversation about the cults <laughs> about scientology and then because i was trying to think of there's a new documentary docu-series coming out that's about i can't remember the name of the cult or it's like it's all the letters the the hollywood sex cult or whatever nexium nexium and so I and I'm actually in the middle of watching that docu series, but I haven't finished watching it, so I didn't feel like I could say much of anything about it. There's sashes, and I haven't gotten to like the sex cult part of it yet. I'm just in the beginning where they're like, Yeah, everyone takes all these steps to become better people. And I'm like, that doesn't sound so bad. And I'm like, I'm exactly the kind of person who's gonna accidentally join a cult one day. <laughs> well, they're very the Nexium cult is very much like a multi-level marketing thing, is how yeah. they get you. And I have 
friends who are into this multi-level marketing thing here in Colorado. I feel like everyone has that friend to this. I feel like everyone has that. I like that. And I watched a documentary about like the essential oils and then that kind of like racket and, and MLMs and stuff like that and how awful and, and they're basically pyramid schemes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they are. And they get very upset when you say that they're pyramid schemes, but they are. They, pyramid they are. Sorry to your listeners who do Mary Kay. The only one I like is Pampered Chef because they have good quality products. <laughs> yes, I have one thing from Pampered Chef that I did buy a Pampered Chef party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never there... found a scraper as good as the Pampered Chef ones. <laughs> there are two Nexium Cult documentaries. The one on HBO I never finished because I actually lost interest after a while. But there's also one on Stars, mm-hmm. and that one I think is a little bit better. But the yeah. one I'm watching is the HBO one because. I only I only buy stars when Outlander is showing. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, probably... normal people is a really it's a really good kind of relationship drama. It's pretty quiet. Um I think it's it's not an HBO original. They are not a Hulu original. They kind of put it out there as a Hulu original, but it's one of those like UK shows that the viewers mm-hmm. just decided to take. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to I know I've had several people mention that before to me. I don't think on here, but have mentioned it. Okay, so I am going to start turning all my attention to Shudder. I decided to save the best streaming service this year for me was Shudder, which I know everybody knows this already. Um, <laughs> I know Carla's feigning shock right now, but um, what I loved about Shudder is the fact that I think Shudder has more diversity than almost any of these streaming services, honestly. Um, they like... they pick up horror movies and movies that and documentaries and series that may not have been picked up other places. And I'm not saying everything on their streaming service is, is diverse because it's not, but you know, like for instance, during Thanksgiving, they were doing a streaming of streaming, like a lot of native American content, including the really good zombie movie, blood quantum, which I've mentioned before on here, which is all about how, um, the indigenous people in um, the indigenous tribe in Canada, they are immune to the zombie infection. And it's very much talking about colonism because all these white people are trying to take the resources, um, using it as saying, no, we just want to help and contribute. But really, they're trying to take the resources. And it also focuses on, you know, people within the community and what they want to do. Some want to welcome the white people in some don't and how that kind of happens. And it's a very, it's a very sad movie at the same time. Like I mentioned when Carla mentioned train to be that I think a lot of zombie flicks and pandemic flicks are very depressing, but in a good way, I mean, because really they're calling out humanity and always the scariest part of these movies are humans. <laughs> always, always hands down scarier than the zombies, but that's a really good one. Um, so I'll just mention that, that one first, cause I have a bunch from shutter and I know we only have, you know, are four here. So yeah, Blood Quantum, definitely, definitely check that out. I think you can still get like, I think it's at least a week free, if not a month free of Shudder. Shudder is one of the cheapest streaming services out there. Not everything they have on there is like bloody, 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 gory horror. They have a lot of different things on there. So yes, so Shudder. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to number eight. Carla, what's number eight on your list? Well, I'm just waiting for you to get an endorsement from Shutter. That's that's oh, all I want that's for Christmas. What I want. <laughs> that's my 2021 wish. That's what Shutter, I want. Shutter endorse Erin's podcast because she is like 
your single best marketing tool. Like I'm seriously <laughs> considering getting Shutter because I'm like, well, this is great. They are good. I'm serious. I mean, even if they have all types of things on there, it's not just straight, flat out horror. So, yeah. No, like, I'm not even kidding. I'm constantly like, oh my gosh, should I just take the plunge and get Shudder? I think I will. And Shudder, this is all because of Aaron talking you up. But that's not my number eight. My number eight is actually... <laughs> this is like when you and I talk about wine insiders on our Yes, podcast. seriously. We're selfishly wine. <laughs> um... But yes, my number eight is actually Community because I had never watched it. I have a few friends that are really just very much in love with it who constantly talk about it. They have a lot of Community merch and everything. And I was just always like, oh, whatever. Especially because um, the lead, Joe McHale, I I loved him in Talk Soup way back in the day when he was on it. But he just always, I, I was like, can that smarm translate into something that I would enjoy watching for more than a few minutes at a time and it turns out that yes yes i can plus it doesn't it doesn't really hurt when he takes off his shirt but community is hilarious it's a lot of fun it has some really interesting fun characters except for chevy chase who he could have just like they could have pushed him off a cliff in the first episode and i would have been perfectly happy with that and i know that that they were trying to but the, the excuse when they always have a very very sexist racist xenophobic character is always like oh it's a send-up you know it's satire it's like it just sucks stop doing it so other than that it was a great show i really loved the chemistry between the the characters i constantly think back to the to just little fun things that they do little callbacks that they bring back just all kinds of wonderful things that just like stay in your brain for a while after you've watched it i um, I love that you know Donald Glover was in it. Which, if if I had never known that Community existed, I never would have would have expected him to be that uh, just funny and willing to just ham it up and and just be silly because it's it's not kind of the image that you get of him now. But it's it's a wonderful, lovely, funny, hilarious show that I am so glad that I uh, pandemic watched. There should be like, you know, a phenomenon called pandemic watch where you watch shows that you wouldn't have watched otherwise. And that, you know, uh, it kind of made things more bearable because you did take a plunge because like, what else do I have going on? I have nothing else going on. I guess I'll just watch these shows. I think that's why Netflix decided to have that just like the weird shuffle button when you're like, they're like, not sure what to watch. <laughs> We're going to drop you halfway through season three of a TV <laughs> show you've never seen before. Have fun. <laughs> and you know what? It's kind of brilliant because, again, I would never have watched, I think, you know, um, Criminal Minds, Dexter, for sure. Um, Julian the Phantoms. I All of these just in community. If it weren't because I had all the freaking time in the freaking world. I like how half of those are shows that I badgered you into watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say it out loud, but I'm so glad that you pointed it out. I love you. Yeah. I forced her to watch Julie and the Phantoms, and she's obsessed. And I am so glad. Yes, I am obsessed with Julie and the Phantoms. But we're talking about community, which I'm also kind of obsessed with. I I have that's on my list. I've wa- I watched the premiere because I also loved Joe McHale, and I loved loved him on Talk Soup. Um, 
so yeah, he was hidden. And I didn't think anyone else could be good after Greg Kinnear left because I loved Greg Kinnear on that too. But Same. I think, yeah, yeah, Joel McHale was great. And I agree about Chevy Chase. I've disliked Chevy Chase since I saw him on, this was a long time ago. This was on Politically Incorrect when that used to be on ABC. Um, and he was on there once and talking about how much he hates basically media and um, movies and all this stuff and talking about how crude and rude they are. And everybody's like, you were on National Lampoon movies. What are you talking about? Exactly. He <laughs> is the very thing that he hates. And it's like, okay, dudes, have a seat or five. Exactly. Exactly. So I agree on that. But yeah, I've got I've to watch that at some point. And then Aaron. Okay. I agree. I am on the shutter train because of you, Aaron. Um, so I agree, and I will go with something off of my shutter list of Eli Roth's History of Horror, um, which is just awesome. It's so fascinating. Um, they pick like a horror theme for every episode. So like there'll be one about zombies or whatever. Um, and it's just like super fascinating. And I think the second season has just come out. Um, yeah, so Shudder also... I don't know, several other good shows on there. But yeah, the history of horror is like really cool. It's similar to, there's a show on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. Um, and that kind of picks one movie and talks about that movie. But this is more of like themes in horror. Um, but like really, really interesting, really well done. I really, really enjoy that show. I haven't um, got to start the second season yet. So I might do that very soon. Like I said, I don't like Eli Roth. I think he's a horrible filmmaker. But I think that show is so good because, number one, it's not focused on him. And it's very interesting to hear from everybody who's created horror movies through the years. Um, a lot of the politics of horror. A lot of how horror, as I've said, is the punk rock genre of all the genres. So, yeah, that's that's a great, great docuseries. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, and the, the second season's really good, too. They have a great one about um evil kids that's a really really oh, good one. Oh, no, i can't i can't do it the <laughs> creepy kids oh my god i can't handle it that we watched the haunting of bly manor and like it was just borderline like i can't handle creepy kids i'm not a huge fan of kids in the first place and creepy kids that like want to murder you like i can't no yeah no i'm 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 with like the children of the corn oh my god that movie is so scary to me no. <laughs> Because of the the creepy kid thing. And then they have one on body horror that's um, very, 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 very graphic. So I will say that. But, yeah, that's a great series. Okay. And Meg? Uh, yeah. So I think another thing I liked. Like, I don't have anything on Shutter. I'm, I'm too much of a weenie to, I think, watch most of the stuff that's on Shutter. I'm sorry. But, you know, you should still give Aaron a sponsorship because... <laughs> She loves Shudder. There's like so not if scary Meg weren't a weenie. If I weren't a weenie, if I weren't a weenie, then absolutely. I'd... She totally have Shudder because of Aaron. Because of Aaron. If I was not a giant uh, weenie scared of horror movies, then I would absolutely get Shudder. And only because Aaron brought my attention to it in the first place. <laughs> this is just Aaron's commercial. Now... <laughs> But in a completely different direction, again, that people were talking about. Um, something I really liked this year was actually the new Emma movie. I know it was kind of polarizing for people. Uh, I'm a big Austin fan. 
and I talked earlier about liking Regency um, era period pieces because I don't know why because I'm old I guess <laughs> that's part of it um, but one of the things I liked about this so many like versions of Emma try and always make her seem like she's always right and correct in what she does even if she maybe goes about it the wrong way she's always perfect and this Emma kind of was able to show her as kind of the spoiled brat that she was in a lot of ways not constantly but she was not like this perfect virtuous ideal of a of a woman she was kind of a jerk to people she cared about a bit um and they kind of they didn't really apologize for that part of her and they shouldn't have necessarily apologized for that part of her because that was part of her growing as a character um so as just and it's really interesting to see how people reacted to it like there are people who've only ever seen any of the other movies of emma and they didn't like this one because they thought they thought Emma seemed too mean. And then there are people who read the book and like, yeah, this is about right. <laughs> like she is a queen bee of her whole village. And when you really think about some of the stuff she did, it wasn't cool, but she's just a delightful person. So I was able to get away with it because she's rich and pretty. But yeah, anyways, it was a good movie. I liked it. It was not my favorite Mr. Knightley but that's okay. Very few people are Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> Just one, actually. His name is Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> I love Johnny Lee Miller. I don't hear enough people talk about Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> I love him so much. He, it, Mr. Knightley is like my, I know Mr. Darcy is really easy to throw out there. He's a favorite too, but Mr. Knightley is probably my favorite like hero for Jane Austen books and um, Johnny, Lee, Johnny Lee Miller in like the four part miniseries did a, a fantastic job with him and that's it and I love him and I love when he gets to actually use his British accent <laughs> <laughs> now okay. I'm going to shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and Meg because um, one of the things I'm going to be mentioning next because I'm going to mention I'm going to combine three yes I know I'm breaking some rules whatever on Shutter here and these are <laughs> documentaries and her docu-series. And I think most of these, except for one, you could watch very easily, Meg. So throwing that out there. <laughs> I like how you like most of the like here's what's so funny, because I really love true crime. Like I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I cannot watch like scary movies. I'm I used to be no, I was never able to watch scary movies. It used to be like I couldn't I could do gore. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't do and I could do surprises, but I couldn't do both of them together. And I was better at use of being able to watch like ghost movies and like paranormal kind of things because I personally I don't believe in ghosts or the paranormal, so it was like yeah it's okay. Uh, I had kids and like any ability to watch any of that just flew out the window after I had kids. It just something in me completely flipped, and now I'm just like oh don't punch them. Like I've gotten through four episodes of The Boys so far, and I feel really proud of myself for that. <laughs> yeah yeah no i i hey i understand there are some things that i like i can't watch torture porn i don't like that stuff that stuff pisses me off and i think that almost ruined horror so i understand there's stuff that you're gonna say that almost ruined porn i'm like Like, i feel like it would (laughs) you're a very specific audience Okay, so the three documentaries and docuseries, and there are a bunch on there that I love too, So, but I'm just going to shout out three. 
And one of them isn't from this year, but I still am going to shout it out. Um, there's one. The first one I'm going to talk about is Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's all about Mark Patton. And um, he was the star of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, um, which is considered the gayest horror movie ever made. Which, if you didn't know that, that's it is. It's considered, it's very homoerotic. A lot of subtext there. And Mark Patton wasn't out yet when he made that movie. Um, and the movie, basically, the aftermath of it kind of destroyed his life in a lot of ways. He left acting. Um, he was outed, basically, when he didn't want to be outed. And he didn't have any support from the writer, who really knew what he was doing, um, or the director. I mean, they shot a whole sequence in there in a gay bar. And the director claims he didn't know it was a gay bar. And it was very clearly a gay bar. And so this is very much about Mark Patton's journey of reclaiming this character. And, you know, he'll go, he goes to conventions and all this stuff. And he, there's a whole fan base for this movie. I was never a fan of this movie. And I love the Nightmare on Elm Street series. But I hated this one. And a lot of people hate it because it's kind of it's the only one that's not really involved with the other two freddies in there but it's kind of a different thing but it, it's very much a story when you really look about it at it about a man choosing whether or not to come out of the closet and um freddie's character kind of represents a lot of, of of homosexuality in this and him trying to come out and then all this other stuff but it's just it's a fascinating documentary just watching um you know what hollywood can do to some people and how Hollywood always says it's very progressive, but it also wants to shove people into the closet and doesn't want to be explicit about stuff. And it's just, it's really a really, really good documentary. One of the best documentaries I have seen this year. One of the best films I've seen this year, period. So I highly, highly recommend that one. That's one that I think you could watch, Meg. So, because it's a lot, I mean, there are scenes from the movie, but it's, it's a lot more. But would I be able to watch to it say, because the frame of reference, I just don't have, cause I've never seen oh, yeah. any of it's the It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Cause they'll, they'll talk about it because, and this movie is really separate from the other movies in a lot of ways. So it won't really matter <laughs> at all. And that's on shutter. You say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can also rent it too. I think, but, but it is on shutter. <laughs> Yes. Um, and the other one I'm going to talk about is another thing about representation. And this is another one that Meg can watch. Um, and it's called Horror Noir. And it's all about the history of black representation in horror movies. And it's just a fascinating, fascinating documentary. Um, they talk about movies that maybe some people don't consider horror movies like Birth of a Nation. And they talk about Birth of a Nation all the way up to like Get Out. Um so it's really, really good. They talk about some um, black exploitation movies. They have great, great interviews with people. Um, I just, I really, really, really highly recommend that one. I've watched it a couple of times. Um, and then the last one, and this is one that Meg couldn't probably watch, but it's called, <laughs> it's called Cursed Films, Cursed Movies. And it goes through all these horror movies. Um, and The Crow is on there too. I don't really consider The Crow a horror movie, but. Um, and they talk about how some of these movies like Poltergeist, The Exorcist, The Omen, um, Twilight Zone, the movie, um, and of course The Crow, and how these are considered cursed because all these horrible things happened on them. And they go in depth on that um, with Poltergeist. Of course, they talk about how 
the actress who played Heather Ann, who, how she died tragically when they were in the middle of making the third one. And that is a really sad episode because a lot of people on there are really upset that people call it a curse for why she died. And that's not what happened. I... It was a medical error. I love that you said this was the one I couldn't watch because this is the one of the topics that I've actually like read a lot about. <laughs> I uh, thought you couldn't because it's very because the Exorcist one I I can't watch the Exorcist I've only watched it once and it, it's seen, one of those I've movies that I can't even watch clips of it. I, oh, I can't stand that movie. I hate that movie. Yeah, I I I'm not a fan. Uh, but no, but the but for some it's a morbid curiosity, kind of like the same thing with like the 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 twenty seven club and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and like Natalie Wood and 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 that like that's like that's like the one thing I'm like yeah, let me just look and see how okay, everything never mind, then I guess happen. you can watch it. Then I guess I, you I can watch it, and that's on Shutter too, that, right? That Meg can't watch <laughs> fictional horror, but it's totally cool with true crime and people who actually die. That is just like. It's so weird. Like I am fully aware that this is just a weird kind of cognitive dissonance or something. Like I don't know what it is. I love true, mostly because I think you don't do. I don't watch. You don't do like true crime documentaries unless usually the case is either solved or it's so far, like with the Zodiac killer and stuff like that. It's so he's dead. In all right, whereas you actually could get sucked through your TV by. Yeah. A girl I mean, with long hair. I'm sorry. Did that not happen that's... to you? <laughs> I mean, well, and, and I'm week, a person but... who's had a lot of personal paranormal experiences, so I believe in all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Poltergeist still scares me to this day because, and I think a lot of it's because I saw it as a kid. A babysitter showed it to me, so it still scares me. Yeah, um, See, I think I if go... I was an adult, it wouldn't scare me at all. But... I like if I go to any city. If I like travel around, I go on all the ghost tours I can go to. I love going through all like the haunted tours and stuff like that. You will not catch me going into a haunted house. Like oh. the fake, like the fake ones. I will not go into a haunted corn maze. I don't want to have anything to do with that. But sure, walk me through the house where 15 people were murdered one night and tell me about all the happenings that are going on. That I will do. I'm 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 a mystery. Well, you know, what's funny is I love horror movies, but until a couple of years ago, I refused to go to haunted houses. Like they terrify me so much because it's real and it's right there. When I'm watching a horror movie, it's not real. It's not right there. And I know it's fake too, but I mean, you know, it's not right there viscerally like two feet away from me. Right. But, well, and, and I, I think I'd started getting to the point where I could watch them a little bit more. And then, like I said, I had kids and that kind of, that made it a lot, a lot of things, just violence in general became a lot more difficult for me to watch after I had kids. Um, like we almost stopped watching Game of Thrones when I thought that they were going to kill that baby in the woods. <laughs> like my husband and I both, it was right after we, it was like a year after we had our daughter and we're like, we're not having, we're not watching this. <laughs> they killed that baby. I'm done. <laughs> So I'm weird and I'm now going to shut up. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I lied. I'm going to throw out a fourth one. And this one for sure, Meg can't watch. Um, You can't, I for sure. I know this for sure. Um, And this one's called In Search of Darkness. And there's a part two they're making. And this is all about 80s horror movies. So it's a lot about slasher movies, other things as well, body horror, other stuff. Um, But it's really, really good if you love 80s horror movies. So I just want to mention that one as well. It's a long documentary. And like I said, they're trying to make the two-parter. This was one that was basically funded by, I think it was Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo, one of those. So, yeah. Okay, so now let's kick off number nine, Carla. 
for number nine, I watched recently because I was trying to to Meg and I did a series of episodes on our podcast of Christmas movies and holiday movies. And uh, they're all like all of the ones that we consider, you know, classics and everything and go to's are just very, very white. So I was trying to expand my personal viewing choices for holiday movies. And one movie that I stumbled across was Marry Me for Christmas. And the the cast is all black. And it's I love this movie because it has so many of the great not only Christmas tropes, but also rom-com tropes. It is it's just very funny and um and also has it doesn't have like the best production value, I, I think, but it's still worth watching. Um some of the tropes that it has that I love are friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, fake boyfriends, surprise proposals. It has everything that you could ask for. But it also upends all of these tropes because you get so many twists that you don't see coming, which is refreshing because I think with a lot of rom-coms, it's just, you know, very cut and dried. It's, you know, they hate each other, they love each other, and they, uh, you know, go on to have happily ever after, and it's great. But this takes so many of the things where you expect things to go one way, and you're just totally surprised, and it's it just, you just end up laughing, and it's... Um, I think it's it's definitely a, a movie for people who are kind of jaded for jaded on rom-coms and it's a Christmas rom-com so even better and it's on Prime so I don't know if it's specifically a Prime movie but it's uh again it, it's called Marry Me for Christmas and it has a sequel Marry Us for Christmas which wasn't as good as the original but that's just me being nitpicky Is that when they go looking for a third? <laughs> No, they... <laughs> <Third>. <laughs> I mean, like, it's still, I, I still don't think it would be on Prime. If, when they if explore polyamory? <laughs> they don't, surprisingly. In fact, the reason that I watched the, the first one was because I was intrigued. Because the first thing, the first one that I came across was Marry Us for Christmas. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Let me back up and catch up from the beginning so I know what's going on in Marry Us for Christmas. <laughs> but no, no polyamory. Well, I'm going to have to definitely, I'll check them out, but I'm also going to see if my mom has watched them because my mom loves, like, she watches every Hallmark Christmas love story in the world. My mom loves romantic comedies more than I think anybody I know, honestly. And so she's always looking for them. She watches no matter what they are. It doesn't matter how bad they are. My sister and I tried to watch for Christmas. We tried to watch a California Christmas on Netflix and we made it about 10 minutes in. And my sister's like, I, my sister's like, I can't do this. This is so bad. I can't do this. Okay. But it'd be one that definitely I'm sure my mom has I, seen. I think, I think if, if your mom is into all of those, because my mom is a total Hallmark, um, what is it? Lifetime mm-hmm. cheesy movie. She, she, and I love it because she still has that, that very thick Mexican accent. And it's like her cheesy movies. Mm-hmm. And it's adorable the way that she says that I can't get it across quite well, but she loves those. And it's just totally up the alley of somebody who who loves those kinds of, of films. So, Carla, I just want to throw this out here. I don't know if these is, this is along the same storyline, but I looked it up because I wanted to see what you were talking about because I had to let my dog out. There is also a baby for Christmas. Merry Christmas, baby. And it looks like it stars the same people, uh, a Chandler family Christmas. So I don't know if Chandler is the name, the last name, but
but it looks like there is an entire oh Chandler Christmas getaway. There is a whole world opened up to you. the entire world of <laughs> If you're talking about a Hallmark version rom-com, I don't think I spoiled <laughs> anything because it follows a pretty well, yeah, yeah, yeah form, a formula. <laughs> Just so you know, you have a whole universe to explore within. Awesome, this. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. I appreciate this valuable research. <laughs> and Aaron. Um, along the lines of comedies, one of my favorite comedies that I watched this year was Dairy Girls, and um, it's set in like the '90s in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. But it follows like a group of like high school girls um, that go to like this Catholic school, and then like one of I don't know if it's one of their cousins or something, a, a boy shows up, and he somehow they weasel him into being allowed to go to the girls school. So that's just a whole hilarious storyline, but it's like the nineties nostalgia is so great. Um, Cause I'm a nineties kid and like, uh, I don't, it's, it's hilarious. I think I've watched it twice. Um, and the second season just got put on Netflix, like about mid this year. Um, but it's, it's really cute. It's really funny. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah, I haven't watched that one either. See, everyone's giving me a list of stuff to watch, too. That's what I love. <laughs> but I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And then Meg? Um, I just wanted to throw a really quick, fun Christmas movie. Dashing in December, I watched. It's adorable. Uh, it's an LGBTQ Christmas movie on Paramount. It's fantastic. Um, but I want to talk about uh, Avenue 5 is a show that came out this year. Um, it's really interesting. It's if you like British humor and British comedy, I think you'd like it. I think you might be a little put off if you're not into it. But it stars Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad, and it's basically about a space cruise ship filled with a bunch of like super spoiled people and rich people and stuff like that. And they find out it's going to take them three years to get back home, and just the the like the captain is a mess. The crew, like every, everything is just a hot mess. And it's just, it's a really funny, really fun um, show. And I think it has nine episodes of the first season. It's just nine or 10. I can't remember, but it's just hilarious. So you should watch it. It's good. So good. Yay. Someone else watched it. Like it's just That's, been me. No, I love it's it. Me watching it. I think I've told Carla, but I have to tell her about 47 more times before she actually watches it. So <laughs> I, I work. I have to watch it. And meanwhile, half the stuff Carlos I'm talking about this year is stuff I made her watch. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but anyway, the next one, the last two that I'm going to recommend, and my number nine, they're all going to be a little bit lighter horror movies that are on Shutter. The first one is called Porno. Do not let the title <laughs> throw you off, but do know that there are some explicit sex stuff in this movie. Um, so do not watch this with young people around, of course, and do not watch this if you think anyone can hear it and think that you actually are watching a porno if you don't want people to think that you're watching a porno. I just want to give a heads up on that because it isn't there. <laughs> but basically, this is kind of a throwback to 80s satanic panic kind of movies, and it's all about these kids, and it's in, I believe it even takes place in the 80s, and they all work at a movie theater 
and they find this old porno <laughs> and they watch it and they're all these and like their boss is like this heavy duty Christian and they're all trying to be good boys and girls and they watch this and it unleashes a sex demon. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. So <laughs> if you like those kind of movies, it, it's a total callback throwback to that. It's a lot of fun. But once again, like I said, you know, do pay attention to the title of it. So once again, that's on Shudder. Okay, so let's get into number 10, our last one we've reached. Carla? I've gone and saved the best for last. My number 10 is my number one, which is Eurovision. I love Eurovision so much. Two people on this podcast have given me Eurovision merch for my birthday that I wear regularly because it is simply fantastic. Oh, my God. I can't explain to you how much I love Eurovision. I love Fire Saga. I love Yaya Ding Dong. I love Lion of Love. It's it's hilarious and it's musical. And, you know, for a movie that's... um by Will Ferrell, starring Will Ferrell, it has some really fantastic and catchy music. The, the soundtrack has been playing regularly um, on my Spotify playlist for since it came out. And it's funny because in my Spotify playlist, well, the number one track on there is, is the the sound that I use for white noise for, for my son for when we sleep at my mom's, which doesn't really count in my opinion because it just goes on for eight hours a night. But the number two track, which is the one that really matters, is Lion of Love from Eurovision. And it's this big, huge pop opera song that is, it's so catchy. Like, you don't want it to get stuck in your head, but it does. I'm just so happy every time I think about it. I love the performances by Rachel McAdams in particular, because the the movie, I mean, it, it stars Will Ferrell, but it's really about her character and it's about how she she her, about her growth as a person and as an artist um he's kind of the, the person who is very ambitious about his musical career he wants to win Eurovision he's always dreamt of it and she just kind of goes along with it because she's in love with him she has um really nothing else going on they live in this tiny um in this tiny place in Iceland called Husavik uh which is a mainly like a, a fishing town and it's this tiny little area and her big dream is to have Lars fall in love with her and for them to have a life together his dream is to win Eurovision very different world views here but she will do anything to make him happy so she goes along with it and she's the one with a really stellar voice um and it's all of these hijinks as they go from this tiny town to um to winning by default Iceland's competition to then going on this huge stage to sing their big song um and everything that, that goes along with it there are some really great moments in it and one of the things that I appreciate a lot about the movie is that you know because they are the the OTP of the movie there's always, you know, something thrown in to create drama, to create tension. And you have the uh, the character of, of Alexander Lemtov, who um, he wants to win her over to to his side so that he can become a bigger pop star. And he enlists the, the help of his friend, um, Mita, 
to seduce Lars. And that way separating Lars and Sigrid. But what ends up happening is that where you would normally have this competitive um, romantic uh, triangle between all these characters, meet that there isn't like a, a big awful misogynistic competition between her and Sigrid. She actually is just like a really nice person who wants everybody to be happy. So just watch it. There's so much more to it than just a, a hilarious Will Ferrell comedy. There's great music and a lot of just heartwarming love. I loved watching you just talk about that movie because I haven't watched it. <gasps> Aaron, um, why? I know. And and the thing is, is I... Aaron. Hey, hang on, Erin. Think of the one thing that you want her to watch desperately. Queer tell folk. Her that you'll watch. Yeah. So tell if her. If you now. watch Queer as Folk, I will watch your own. I don't have access to Queer as Folk. I said access to Queer as Folk. Erin's yeah. like, I will send you the DVDs. I tried to get her to watch a TV show for probably four years. And finally, she wanted me to watch Eurovision so badly. And I was never opposed to watching it, I just had never gotten around to it. But she was like, you watch Eurovision and I will watch four seasons of a TV show. Yeah, come on. Five seasons. But I feel like Queer as Folk is a much higher quality TV show than the one I had her watch, which was Heart of Dixie. Not to like shame Heart of Dixie. thing here, which is Eurovision. We're here to talk about Eurovision, at least in this particular segment. Which is my segment about Eurovision and only Eurovision, Meg. Hey, you spent a you spent the entire act three of this podcast talking about Eurovision. Eurovision is very important to me. It matters a lot. I know, and I I love that. I think it's and and I want to say, and this is why it's surprising I haven't watched it yet. Is I think Rachel McAdams is an actress that deserves so much more credit and attention than she gets. If you haven't watched it, watch the movie Game Night. She is so good in that movie. That movie's good anyway, but she is so good. Um, you know, I was just rewatching The Family Stone for Christmas, and she's so good in that movie. She's just such a great actress, and I think she kind of just gets lumped in with, like, you know, not – I don't know. I, I, I don't know why people do not see how good she is, but she is just such a – she's so talented. So that's why it's surprising I haven't watched it yet. But as soon as Carla starts watching Queer as Folk, then I will start as watching As soon as I have access, I swear I will. Showtime, dude. So, Aaron, now you know that, too, though. If there's anything you want Carla to watch and you haven't watched Eurovision, have you watched Eurovision? I have watched Eurovision. Oh, okay, it then. was fantastic. I loved oh, it. Oh, my, Aaron! I mean, why? Oh, <laughs> what is this amazing movie I'm just now hearing about? <laughs> so, Aaron, what's your 10th oh Okay, well, I have not... I've tried to watch Queer as Folk several times, and yeah, it's it, every streaming service I have, it's not on. So I have made the attempt, um, and someday I will. Once I'm done... Watch, <laughs> once I'm done with HBO Max, I will cancel that, and I will get Showtime. Because <laughs> I've got too many streaming services. It's out of control. Um, I think, speaking of streaming services that I don't need, but I have... Um, and this is so... Unless you've been living under a rock, you have uh, haven't seen The Mandalorian. But I think season two of The Mandalorian was really, really great. Um, the finale episode, I think, is like one of the best things ever. Um, just 
I won't do spoilers. I know it was like, what, a week and a half ago that that aired, but I won't do too many spoilers. But I think that they've got really great women characters, especially that last episode. Um, the four women main characters going in and just kicking ass was awesome. Um, it kind of got me a little choked up. It was so good. But yeah, um, I think Mandalorian was one of like the best things that we watched this year. And the finale was just incredible. I haven't seen it. I'm one of those that hasn't seen it. I, I don't have Disney Plus. I don't have Disney Plus. No. I haven't seen it either. My husband's seen them all. Oh, my God. See, this is the show you could have used. Oh, it man. Like, Carla, you haven't seen it either. This is the show you could have used. See? We'll, we'll trade Disney Plus for Showtime here. <laughs> there. See? There we go. There we go. <laughs> No, they both are definitely going to pay for their own subscriptions, Disney and Showtime. Definitely. I don't know how to yes, unsubscribe yes. from Disney Plus. I don't even know where it's coming from. I think it. <laughs> I think it's on my Verizon bill because, like, whenever it started, you got a year free oh. with Verizon. I don't know how to cancel it, but I don't care. Whatever. It's got the Mandalorian, so I'll keep paying. <laughs> I was surprised that Disney Plus hadn't come up yet on this episode, honestly, because I know everybody loves that one. Because I did a poll of everybody's favorite streaming services and. Uh, Netflix one. I had Netflix, Hulu, Shutter because I had to include it, and Prime. And then someone did comment and said mine is would be Disney Plus. And then another person commented yeah. and said um, Sling was their favorite. So, yeah. But I think there's a lot of promising things coming to Disney Plus next year. They're, yeah, that's why I probably their announcements it. of what's coming in the future is really really exciting. So, uh, the last five people on Earth that don't have Disney Plus will have to get it next year for sure. Yeah, I probably will because of all the stuff that's coming there. So definitely, yeah. And then Meg. Yeah, I have like three more, but I'll I'll just try and do one for now and then inevitably talk about the other two when we're doing what we're excited about next year. Um, <laughs> um, this is just something that I just, I it made me feel good and helped me get me, help get some dopamine and serotonin. And that's Enola Holmes. I just, I thought it was such a delightful, fun movie. And it was just a good time. I like Sherlock Holmes and I like that whole kind of genre. And to see the whole Enola of it all, I thought was just really cute. And it was fun. And it wasn't like groundbreaking cinema or anything like that. It was just like, like I said, it was a good serotonin, <laughs> dopamine and serotonin hit. Because she's just, she's and I, and I should have looked up the actress in this whole time I was doing this. Um, but it's just, it was fun. It was cute. It was something that I could watch with my kids because uh, they're never gone now. We're always together. <laughs> and if it's not Agent Carter or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm pretty excited to be watching it because that's what my daughter has been obsessed with. Um this whole year has been the librarians, Agent Carter, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And if I can watch something that's not those three things, I'm super excited. <laughs> and that's it. So Enola Holmes, nothing against those. It's just too much. Um, Enola Holmes is just really fun and really cute and just delightful. That's another one I have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think Tiffany on one of the episodes was the one who wrecked who, who That was one of the ones she was excited about one week when she was on. So yeah, yeah, I've heard it's, it's really, great. 
it's really cute and it's really fun and and it's still like the same it has the same kind of vibe of Sherlock Holmes and that kind of thing if you're but it's very and it's just it's cool to see a young girl be so smart and and all that fun stuff so (laughs) (laughs) and my number 10 is um a very this is a horror movie that you could watch Meg because this is much more of a comedy than a horror movie on Shudder of course, and it's called Scare Me, and it was written and directed by Josh Rubin, who also stars in it. It also has Aya Cash, who plays um, Stormfront on uh, season two of The Boys. Um, very different character for her. She's not, you know, an evil, horrible person. Um, that's our, Sorry, that was kind of spoilers there. <laughs> I apologize. Sorry, Meg. Uh, but you probably saw some of that. And then it also has um, Chris Red, who plays a pizza delivery guy, who basically what this story is, is it's two writers who one of them is very successful, played by Aya Cash, Fanny. And then the other one, played by Josh Rubin, Fred. He isn't as successful. He has severe writer's block. If you're a writer, you will like this movie, I think. Um, and they're both in the middle of, like, the woods, snowed in. Um, not Snowden, but their, their power goes out and Josh Rubin's character, Fred is very intimidated by the Fanny character because he knows how successful she is and he's not successful yet. And she's a successful horror writer and he wants to be a successful writer and they decide because the power went out to tell each other scary stories and see who can get scared by these stories. And then they order a pizza, which I didn't know when you were in the mountains. You could order a pizza for delivery up in the mountains. So it was because I lived in the mountains for a while in Angel Fire, New Mexico. And I didn't, I don't think we even had a pizza delivery place. Uber Eats, so, man. <laughs> well, this was an actual pizza delivery. For, for <laughs> um, but this was before Uber Eats when I lived there. So, this, But anyway, so they have this pizza delivery, Carlo, this pizza delivery driver. He comes by and he gets all excited to tell some scary stories. And he's really funny. And it's just a really funny, um, entertaining thing. And if it's all really, I mean, so much about writer's block and how the fact that when you're writing, you spend most of the time not writing, <laughs> kind of just staring at the screen or doing other things to distract yourself. And Josh Rubin is, he's a really cool guy. Anyway, Shudder did this whole thing on um, Halloween where they had this whole day of like panels and stuff. And he did one where they were telling, since he was, since this movie's about telling ghost stories or scary stories, not ghost stories necessarily. They did this whole thing of telling scary stories. And he was so funny. And the, the people that joined him on this panel were really funny as well. Yeah, that panel that Shutter did was such a ton of fun, and the whole the whole event that Shutter did was just amazing that night. But anyway, um, yeah, scare me. I just highly recommend it. I think the whole cast is phenomenal, um, and I think the writing is so so good, so on point, and the directing is aces. Um, it didn't necessarily scare me, no pun intended, um, but it does get a little bit darker and a little bit more twisty, and the humor gets a little bit darker the further it goes along. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a fun little watch. So once again, that's on Shutter. Okay, so let's turn our attention to 2021. And I just want to go around and have people name like two or three things that they are excited about or looking forward to or hoping for in the next year. Start with you, Carla. For 2021, there's really nothing specific that I'm excited about. I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to the second part of the fifth season of Lucifer, for one thing. Um, I'm excited for Jensen Ackles 
in the boys. Um, but mostly I'm just hoping that the momentum begun by the the resurgence or the the uptick in support for Black Lives Matter actually translates to real representation behind the scenes and front of the scenes um, in television and in film. I I just I think it, it's really going to be a, a big test of both, you know, of just putting your money where your mouth is, because a lot of, of Hollywood, I think, really glommed onto the hashtag. But will it translate to actual action? And that's what I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, because I'm really hoping that um, that there will be a big difference made in representation. And again, because, you know, black people are not a monolith. I'm expecting this to translate also to representation for LGBTQIA plus communities because there are black people in those communities as well, as well as uh, um, representation for for other mar- marginalized identities. Um, and that's what I'm, you know, it's not like there's a ton of uh, tangible evidence of that happening, but I'm really hoping that that's going to happen coming up I, I just I really need this like I really need this okay like I really need this to to be the the time that that we seize upon a movement and really make it worth something and not just have it be a lip service kind of thing yeah yeah very much so then Aaron I agree with that. And one of the things that was on my list for 2021 is Batwoman and the new, um, the new actress is going to play Batwoman, Javicia Leslie. Um, and I think that's going to be really exciting. I think the DC shows that are on CW are make a really good effort with representation of all, all types. And I think I'm really excited about Batwoman. Um, I think it's a great show and I think that she's going to be a great addition to that. Um, something else that I'm super excited about, um, is Christopher Eccleston has announced that he's going to be, um, coming back to the Doctor Who world, um, with Big Finish Studios and doing some audio, um, what do they call them? Audio adventures. Um, because for the longest time he had kind of been really firm of he's never, never coming back to Doctor Who, he was done with it. The BBC was just so terrible to him. Um, And he was at Gallifrey One, the Doctor Who convention um, that I went to in February. And he kind of said that that kind of changed his mind of he could see how much the fans loved him and how um, coming back to kind of this world was just sort of, I don't know, coming home. Um, And so I'm super excited about that. I'm not like a big audio book, audio story person but i'm definitely definitely going to be getting those um, because he's just a great person in general i just love him so that's super super exciting um i think that like we had mentioned the disney plus shows some of them that are coming out will be really great too um wandavision's one that they've been really advertising the falcon and the winter soldier i think is going to be really interesting as well um and miss marvel looking forward to that one yeah, I think you got to get Disney Plus, Erin. You got to do it. I will do it if you watch Queer as Folk. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> there. This is how we bargain for things now. <laughs> yeah. 
I like that way of bargaining for things. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and Meg. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about I'm going to second everything Carla had said about representation. Um, I'm really excited also about Disney Plus and kind of going on to some representation. It's not this coming year, but it's going to be in the next couple of years with Disney's announcements. The Tiana series uh, for Disney Princess and the Moana series, I think, is really cool. And the Baymax series, um, just for representation for kids, for kids to see themselves and see other kind of people that who are not just white kids on screen, I think will be really important for everybody. Um, and that's really exciting. Um, something else I'm excited about TV and movies going back to filming as usual, hopefully without COVID kind of being a part of it, because I've had a really hard time kind of watching new episodes of current shows that I really like because COVID is a part of every, like everything. I don't necessarily want to see it as a storyline on TV shows that I really like to watch. So I've not really been able to kind of watch any of those because TV is an escape for me and it doesn't feel like, like that's part of it. So I know it's kind of a downer to say that that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, but I'm, I am. I'm looking forward to hopefully it being safe enough for us to do conventions again um, because I just think that sense of community is so important for so many people and I am really, really hoping that we can get to those again sometime soon. Other than that, I don't have a lot of super specific things I'm excited about. I'm really excited for the next season of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I didn't get to mention it in this. This is one of the ones I wanted to mention because it's really good. It's a really good show. Watch it. I don't want to deal with another cancellation of a show I love. <laughs> um, so I'm excited for that. And I just, yeah, I'm mostly just excited to not be watching as much TV as I have been. Um, because I'm hoping that things kind of get a little bit back to normal. I watch a ton of TV, but it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I've run out of Netflix, guys. <laughs> and I still haven't watched Dexter. <laughs> or Queer as Folk. Or Queer as Folk. Folk. <laughs> I don't have Showtime, Aaron. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Um, also, I'm looking forward to a new season of uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver because John Oliver has really, I didn't get to mention this in my top 10, John Oliver has really been keeping me sane through everything that's been going on in 2020. Um, I was looking at like highlights of what's happened this year and I got, I like went into a mini coma because so much has happened in 2020. Uh, but John Oliver has really has really kept me sane in a lot of ways. His, his show is amazing and I have my stamps to prove it, <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. I had a hard time thinking about stuff I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. No, John Oliver is the best. I love John Oliver. He's incredible. He's so amazing. Yeah. He does yeah. such a good job at like informing you and also but mm -hmm. doing it in a way that's entertaining, but not holding shit back either. Which is Exactly. Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah he's amazing um there are a couple of horror movies that i'm looking forward to this year and i'm hoping 
what I'm really looking forward to is hopefully there will be a time when we can go to movie theaters again. Because I realize some movie theaters are open. They're not open here anymore. They closed them because of our um, COVID rates spiked. But I really miss going to the movies. I wouldn't go now anyway. I wouldn't feel safe anyway. Um, but I really miss seeing movies on the big screen. And I really would love to be able to see Candyman on the big screen because that got pushed back. Plus, that is directed by a black woman. So remember, this is not just Jordan Peele's movie because everybody keeps saying that and it's not. Um, it's Nia DaCosta's movie. So I just always want to mention that because she gets lost in the shuffle because people just want to say, oh, it's Jordan Peele's movie. No, he's producing it and he did help a little bit on the script, but it is her movie. She directed it. Um, and so I'm really, really looking forward to that one. I was really bummed when it got pushed back, but I understand why it did. Um, I'm also looking forward to the next Halloween movie because I love David Gordon Green's take on it. And I love being able to see Jamie Lee Curtis kicking some ass. Um, and I thought the the first one that they did a couple of years ago was such a great exploration of trauma and dealing with that. So, And what the after effects would be if you were one of the final girls in one of these movies and you survived and what would happen to you if you weren't killed in a sequel or something. So I think I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to the next season of You um, because I love that show and I'm just curious to see what will happen um, with Joe and his equally um, <laughs> unstable partner um, and the neighbor. Excited to see who that neighbor is. So I'm looking forward to that. Um like Carla said with Lucifer, I'm looking forward to the second season. I'm hoping it, I mean, second half of the season, I'm hoping it's better than the first half because I had issues with that. Um, sorry, I know I'm going over the three, but oh well. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to hopefully finally seeing Promising Young Woman in January. I have been looking forward to this movie for over a year now. It was pushed back, pushed back, and I know they released it in theaters, but like I said, I'm not going to the theaters and they're not even open right now. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing that. And lastly, what I want is I want more Kelvin Harrison Jr. in movies. <laughs> and I want to see him. I love I, I, I love him in Waves and Loose, of course, two of the best performances of the last decade. But I really loved seeing him in a lighter performance in the high note. And, and he was had a little bit of a lighter performance in the photograph. So I'd like to maybe see him do like a full-on, another full-on romantic comedy. I would really like to see that with him. So I'm just pushing for more or in another horror movie. I'd like to see him in that too. So more Kel Kelvin Harrison Jr. That's my hope. <laughs> I'm also really hoping for a shutter sponsorship for Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my big hope. <laughs> Honestly, on a personal note, that's my big <laughs> hope is to get a major sponsorship. And that would be the one I'd really, really like. Um <laughs> But on a personal note, I just want to say thank you to anyone who's ever listened to an episode, shared an episode, anything like that. Um, all our panelists, everyone, this has been a dream come true for me. And we have a lot of hopefully big things in the future. Um, I'm a planner and I have basically pretty much at least most of next year's episodes already plotted out for 2021. Those may change. But I just want to say thank you to anyone who has listened to this, and it's meant a lot to me. This has served as a great distraction for me personally during this time. Um, it's been one of the highlights. It's been probably the biggest, it's been the biggest highlight of the year, honestly, is this podcast for me personally. So thank you to everyone. Um, and yeah, 
thank you. And I hope you keep enjoying the show. Okay, so we're going to close out and have everybody say where they can be found. Carla. Uh, I'm Carla Temis, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at C, uh, it's Carla Temis, C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S. Also, my website is carlatemis.com. And I will let Meg do the intro for our podcast. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thanks. And Aaron. I'm on Instagram. I'm at geek and sew. That's what I do. I geek and I sew things. You can see pictures of things I sew and dogs. Awesome. And Meg. Now watch me totally forget. Uh, no, you, can, <laughs> you can find me on mostly on Twitter at Wisconsin Ag, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H if you just want to read my shit posts. Um, you can find Carla and Mai's podcast, Bedwetter Behead, on all of your favorite streaming services for podcasts, or you can also find us on Twitter at Pod. I see, and I don't know all of our social media handles for all of the things. Carla knows all of those. I was not prepared. <laughs> uh, but basically what Carla and I do is we take three characters from TV shows, movies, and someday we'll do books, um, and we play Fuck, Mary Kill with them and it's fun and again you can find us at bed wed behead pod on the twitter <laughs> it is awesome it's an awesome podcast so and it, it's a good it was a good distraction too for this past year too so and we don't talk Another nearly highlight. as much there as we do here <laughs> <laughs> which is shocking <laughs> that's funny and... i can tell i have to edit our podcast <laughs> And this is the other Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, anything you are looking forward to in 2021, feel free to reach out to us via email at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get found in that big, wide world of podcasts. Um, and next week, we are going to be kicking off the new year. We're going to be doing a month celebration of soapy stuff. Soaps and soap operas and telenovelas and K-dramas and everything. So on um, the next one, we're going to be talking about daytime soaps. And that should be a lot of fun. We're going to have two new panelists on that as well. So you're going to hear me geek it out about like days of our lives and stuff like that. So it should be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off.
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.